You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. It is Friday, June 17th, and joining us this morning again is Eric Sprott. Eric, thanks for spending some time with us again today. Hey, Craig. Glad to be here and uh, some wild goings on this week. Uh, we had our big breakthrough. Uh, both the metals looked like they were breaking out, and then all of a sudden something happened. And uh, I sort of reflect that um, the one thing we can't underestimate is that uh, the cabal has the power. And there's no question about that. And the, the only question is, do they have the power to be successful? Because obviously that was an orchestrated takedown on Thursday afternoon. The fact that it just went down consistently had the, all the um, earmarkings of uh, the boys working together. And, of course, the pretense that, um, uh, unfortunately, the, the passing of this lady in London who was with the Remain group and was assassinated was a reason that the Brexit might be put off, which is a reason that gold would go down. It was kind of a hollow uh, kind of reasoning. But they don't doesn't matter what whether it's hollow or not. There's been lots of times when... The reasoning's been hollow, i.e., for the whole month of May, you know, rates are going to go up, therefore gold's going to go down. Well, as we found out later, it was totally hollow, but it gave them uh, a reason to act in concert. So I think that's what it's all about. I'm encouraged to see that uh, uh, the price is rallied a little today, although that was one darn correction we had from the height of the low yesterday. I guess it was almost 35 or $40 maybe at the extreme. Um but, you know, the, as you look at the, the COMEX data, uh, the open interest keeps going up. The nominations for delivery are up. The expected future nominations for July, both particularly for silver, uh, which are very, very high, they need to come down dramatically. we got about 10 trading days left. Uh, they need to come down dramatically, otherwise it's going to be a huge shortage of silver at the, yeah. at the COMEX. And, of course, the gold open interest for June keeps rising here. And even the open interest for July is starting to pick up. we got about 10, 10 tons open interest in July already. And it's not really a significant month. And there's no reason for people to be to be buying July contracts because they expire in two weeks, but they seem to be. So, uh, you know, they're still powerful. Do they have the power to win? We're going to see, and I don't think they will have the power to win this time. All the usual bears came crawling out of hibernation yesterday, I guess not re- recognizing that this is already the fourth or fifth time that the, the banks have attacked us this year. They did it back in the middle of February over a period of two or three days. They hit us again in March for a couple of days, obviously May. But Eric, lost in the shuffle at 11.92 this morning. We are up $16, more than 1% for the week. So at the end of right. the day, at the end of the day, I mean, what do you make of it? Well, of course, the reasons for only gold become more and more apparent every minute, right? I mean, you have these wild volatility in uh, in currencies. You have negative interest rates all over the place. I keep, I keep thinking about the gentleman at Munich Re who decided he should buy gold. And I was thinking about him yesterday and how smart he looked. Mm-hmm. As everyone else is earning, paying negative rates to own a government bond, and that guy's sitting there walking away with a 15% gain on his investment. And what do you think his competitors are thinking? Oh, my God, look what that guy did. Maybe we should consider that. And you know what's going to happen. We've had more, a lot of the smart people come in on the side of the gold. The generalists are going to come in. So it's, you know, you can just feel the groundswell here. So 
I have no doubt that our rally is going to continue here. Uh, as I said, we're aware of the power, but I don't think the power is going to be successful this time on, on the downside. The, there are definitely fundamental changes that the perma bearers seem to want to overlook, and one of them is that negative interest rate structure. That's something that we've never seen before, all the way out now to 10 years negative in Germany. Eric, that eliminates that argument about opportunity cost in holding the metals, as you said. That gentleman at Munich Re is a great example of that. Is that something you think we're going to continue to see, just more and more negative rates around the globe? Well, I sort of, I sort of laugh as you ask the question because there's really hardly any alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Because the powers that be have played their hand. We're going to print money. We're going to have negative interest rates. We're going to hit ignition speed. Well, we've never hit ignition speed. You know, the economies are going nowhere. They're going nowhere in the States. They're going nowhere in Europe. They're going nowhere in Japan. More and more people are realizing it's a failed policy. Um, but it's the only tool they have. Yeah. There is no other tool. I mean, I suppose there's helicopter money, yes, and now they're talking about helicopter money. But, you know, with helicopter money, doesn't everyone, well, everyone will realize I'm better off owning gold. You can imagine the tsunami of buying that would come in if uh, if they actually decided to go with helicopter money. And there seems to be some consideration for it. In fact, where was there a vote? There was a vote in some country. Was it Switzerland, Switzerland where they're going to have a, a guaranteed monthly payment to everyone, <laughs> and they had a vote on it, got turned down? Yep. That was helicopter money. So, no, it's. Uh, I think the case that we can make is a very powerful case, and uh, people have to be patient, stay the course. You're going to get these these sucker punches every now and then, but uh, we're going to win the fight. Eric, you've got a legendary reputation in in, uh, managing miners and uh, managing mining share funds. So let me ask you for some reassurance for everybody at this point. Uh, You know, the the miners have had a tough week, perhaps, but I tried to tell people yesterday on my site, if you go back to April 29th, gold closed at 1292 and the Huey Index closed at 233. Well, Eric, this morning, gold's at 1292, and by the time they open the miners, the hooey's going to be at about 233. So, right. <laughs> is there really a well, reason to be panicked here? Well, you know, one of the things that I think most people should realize, in the last couple of bear markets, uh, sorry, bull markets that we've had in the mining stocks, they rallied over 500%. I can't say it enough times, over 500%. We've rallied 120 yeah. We got three times more than that or four times more than that to to go on here. And, and this time could be even bigger than any of them because the reasons on gold are, are more appropriate. So uh, I would encourage people to think that it's going to be a very, very robust move here. Uh, there was a, a generalist technician interviewed on uh, King World News called Michael Belkin. It was last weekend. I would encourage everyone to listen to that interview. He characterized it as we're in the first inning, first inning of a nine-inning game. Now, I'm not going to multiply the 120% gain times nine, but one could. Yeah. One should be happy if you get a 500% gain or a 200% gain or 300. I mean, these games are so outsized. Even the games we've had so far, I mean, it's a massive bull market in five months. So I am still of the view that we're going to go a long way. The gold price will hit. New highs, it was suppressed from 11 to 16, and the stocks are going to provide massive 
returns that people can't begin to imagine. The institutions are not in the game. The weighting of the gold stocks is rising quickly. They're all behind the eight ball already. They're all going to be buying. And Eric, we're almost at the end of June, which means as soon as we get to the 1st of July, there will be all kinds of stories about what is your top performing equity sector for the first half of 2016, and no doubt it'll be the mining sector. Yeah, and wait till we get to the end of 2016. <laughs> and I've had people say to me, you know, when you finally get to the end of the year, and let's say they're up 150 or 200%, everybody's got to go in. I know how portfolio managers act, okay? Yep. They're looking at a sector that's just blowing everything away, and they think, oh, my God, I've missed the whole thing. i got to get in somehow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 they're going to be so underweighted. And it's going to be impossible, really, to buy in, to be honest with you, to put the kind of money you need to put into gold when it's such a small part of the uh, investment universe. And I, I think it's, it's weighting is like I, something like 0.2 or 0.3% of the S&P. I mean, it's a joke. Imagine if you're really wanting to make some money and you've got to own 5 or 10% of these things. Yeah. You know that it's 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 literally an impossibility. So it could get. That's why it could be even more exciting than one would typically imagine. So, speaking of potentially exciting, one more topic this morning. I think we should probably address silver. In that, there's a lot of grinding of teeth again yesterday as it <laughs> tracked gold. But again, for the week, we closed last Friday at seventeen thirty three, and at seventeen forty five this morning, it's up three quarters yeah. of a percent on the week. So. What do you think about silver here, and what are the potential opportunities going forward? Well, you know, I just think the fundamentals for silver are stunning. I love the fact that guys are short a billion ounces on the COMEX mm -hmm. with no chance of delivering. The open interest in the, uh, the July contract is 90,000 contracts, which is 450 million ounces of silver. It literally it went up yesterday, which is not supposed to do as you're coming to within the 10 days, two weeks of expiry here. Um, there's only 20, I think it's 23 million ounces in the dealer inventory. So if people stand in in silver like they're standing in in gold right now in the uh, June contract, we could have some serious fireworks. Just a simple, I always stand back and say, you know, silver is available 12 to 1 on the Earth's surface. In, uh, from a production base, we probably produce 11 times more silver than gold. Uh, the amount of, and of course the price is trading at 70 to 1, which is no relationship to those two numbers. There's probably 20 billion of silver to buy in the world that's available to buy right now and $7 trillion of gold. And how can you have such these dramatic imbalances in, in sort of metrics that tell you that something's massively undervalued? And of course the reason it's massively undervalued is because we got this group that somehow seems to believe that they should keep the price of silver down. They might be keeping the price of silver down in order to keep the price of gold down. I'm not sure. But silver at 17 or 1740 or whatever it's at is an absolute steal for everyone. And if, if, if people, there's, there's a great way to make money in, in the equities, but I think there's also a great way, great way to make money in silver. And, of course, then they might also try to think about silver equities, of which there's a real paucity of choices there which, again, is symptomatic of the whole scarcity factor in the silver space. Eric, let me ask you one last thing. I've been using this line quite a bit lately in that the reason that you have that out-of-whack gold-silver ratio is reflective of the, the fraud of the paper derivative pricing scheme. And it, silver, and gold for that matter, are priced as if they are abundant when, in fact, they are scarce. What's <laughs> abundant is the paper. 
totally. I mean, Craig, you and I have been there before. We see, we see what goes on in the markets. You know, we see these pretend deliveries into the GLD. I tend to think they're pretend deliveries. I mean, 100 tons goes into the GLD and other ETFs every month. We only mine 220 tons a month, and we got half of it going into ETFs now, which, which didn't go into it a year ago. Like, is it any wonder the price is going? I don't even know where they find the damn gold and silver, for that matter. So, no, we're on the same page there. It's a paper-controlled market, and uh, as I say, they have power to knock it down. Do they have power to win? I don't think so. Exactly, exactly. Well, Eric, it's been a crazy week, but everybody, please keep in mind the metals are up on the week, even regardless of yesterday. And next week's going to be crazy, too. We might get that Brexit vote. We might not, but it's going to be volatile. I look forward to talking to you again next Friday, Eric. Okay, great. All the best, man. Thanks. Thanks to everybody for listening. And from Sprott Money News, have a great weekend.